Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. This week continues our series, The Story. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Well, good morning. It is great to see you at Valley Point Church. And will you please help me welcome Sherry Kelly and my wife, Tanya Kohler. They're going to be helping me out this morning, and I think you're really going to enjoy what they share with you. But before we get into that, I want to give you an update on Easter and our celebrations last Sunday. So we had three gatherings last week, and I really want to thank those of you who volunteered one or two. There are even a few brave souls who volunteered all three hours last week. And that is a lot of time, and I'm really grateful for that. In total, we saw 978 people walk through the doors of this church. That is a new Valley Point Easter record. So can we thank God for that? I just took a great day with a ton of people and a ton of kids here. And I also want to thank you for inviting, for filling the chair next to you, for risking a little bit and extending invitations for people to join you here for Easter. And I also want to just thank you for helping to create an atmosphere and an environment where people are accepted and welcomed and they have the opportunity to hear about Christ. So great job, church. I'm proud of what happened last Sunday and look forward to the next season in front of us. So here's what I want to do today. I want to ask and then answer two questions. And as we move through the story, which is something that we have been doing here at Valley Point Church for many weeks, we've been walking in a chronological way through key events and key people in Scripture. And we find ourselves now in the New Testament distinctly with a focus for a few weeks here on the person of Jesus. And so what I want to do is I want to ask and then answer two questions with Sherry's and Tanya's help. The first question is, who is Jesus? Who is this man? Because he is not an ordinary person. And if you spend any amount of time here at Valley Point, you will discover that we spend a lot of time talking about Jesus and what he said and what he did, and as a result of what he said and what he did, what does that mean for us, and how does that impact our lives today? So this is a very important question. Who is Jesus? And then the second question that we want to ask is, does it even matter that we answer that question? Does it even matter? Because maybe it doesn't. So who is Jesus? And then, does it even matter that we spend some time thinking about that? Well, Sherry and Tanya have done some research on these two questions, and you may not know this, but I really rely on Sherry and Tanya quite a bit to do some research and writing here at Valley Point Church, and you benefit from this in many different ways. They both love God, they love Scripture, and they enjoy studying, they've been trained in these areas, and so you're really going to benefit from what they have to share today. So two questions. Who is Jesus? And we're going to spend the bulk of our time sharing some different stories from different perspectives here 
on who Jesus really is. But I also want to think about this other question. Does it actually matter that we attempt to answer that? So Sherry, what do you think? Does it matter? Yes, I think it does matter because what we think about God determines how we think about everything else in life. By extension, who we think Jesus is will change everything else we think about life. So is it fair to say that what you think about Jesus probably describes how you think about yourself, how you view your relationships and even your place in the world? Is that fair? Yes. If we think Jesus is someone who's judgmental and harsh, we will tend to judge ourselves and other people harshly. But if we believe that Jesus is someone who is incredibly gracious and loving, we will feel accepted and tend to be more accepting of others. Also, I think if we think Jesus is someone who doesn't really matter, there's probably a lot of other people we also think don't really matter. Yeah. Tanya, what do you think? Does it matter that we answer that question? Yes, because uh, Jesus is the central figure in history. There, there's no one like him. Mm. And his life, things that he said, need our attention. Yeah, and we're going to focus on that a little bit, about how really the whole story of Scripture points to this person of Christ, and he is just extraordinary. So every week I share an upper story statement. And this is kind of the big idea of what God is doing, and it is his view. And so as we think about who is Jesus, there is definitely an upper story statement here, and that is Jesus matters, and who he is helps us understand God, meaning that I can know God. And I want you to think about that for a moment. I can actually know God. That is possible, and I can know him by looking at the person of Jesus, And what did he say? And how did he behave? And how did he respond to different things? So Jesus definitely matters. And who he is helps us understand who God is. So let's jump into the lower story now. These are the actual historical events that Jesus was involved in on earth. And Sherry, you start. Who is Jesus? And you have a story to share with us. Yes, I chose a story of Jesus calling one of his disciples. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the scripture is from Matthew 9, 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifice. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. I think what this story shows us is that Jesus is someone who loves us without reservation. Mm. Tax collectors were not good people. They were kind of like the mob, shaking people down for money. Mm. And people who were good, upstanding citizens would not socialize with them. So their friends were also other 
disreputable people. One translation calls them notorious sinners. Yeah, they were good at it, actually. <laughs> yes. And even though their poor life choices and questionable morality kept good people from socializing with them, it doesn't stop Jesus. He knows who they are. He knows what their issues are. And that it doesn't get in the way of him hanging out with them, spending time with mm. them, even calling one of them to be his disciples. Yeah. No matter where we are in our life, if our life's a mess and we know it, or whether we're rigid with the effort of trying to be perfect, Jesus wants to be our friend. If we're in the mud, he will get down in the mud with us to help us climb out. Whatever our burden is, he wants to come alongside us and help us carry it. That's good. So we could say, based on your story, in response to this question, who is Jesus, that he is a friend of sinners. It's fair, isn't it? It's interesting because last week we just celebrated Easter and Jesus was killed and he came back to life. And one of the things that infuriated the religious leaders, those who should have known better in his day, was that he actually did this. He hung out with people who were known for being sinners. So who is Jesus? He is someone who is a friend of sinners, and that really should be an encouragement to all of us. So my research and study took me to two different stories that actually have a very similar theme. And so in John chapter 4, we find Jesus talking to a woman at a well, and he strikes up a conversation with her, and there's a lot of things we could share about who she was and why she was there at that particular time. But just know he's having a conversation with someone who has somewhat of a past and doesn't have a lot of friends. And so here he is having this conversation with a woman at the well. And in the process of this conversation, Jesus kind of reveals to her that I am the Messiah, I am the Son of God, and that I have the ability to change your life forever if you simply trust in me, and that is indeed what she does. It's what happens next that I think is fascinating. So you have all that background with Jesus having the conversation with her, and she trusts in him, but then she runs back into the city where she knew all kinds of people, and even though they might not have respected her a lot because of her past, They actually listen to her, and she describes to them this Jesus character and invites them to come out and hear what he has to say. And so here's John chapter 4, verse 37. Verse 39 says, Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged for him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. And what is interesting about this is in the process of the conversation, she gets, this is the Messiah, and then she was immediately on mission where she lived. She had this passion and burden for other people 
to be introduced to this man named Jesus who could also change them just like he was in the process of changing her. And I just love the fact that she immediately went back to the very place where she lived and said, okay, I want other people to know about this man. So in Mark chapter 5, we find a similar theme. And what is happening in Mark chapter 5 is Jesus is in a particular area and he has been teaching and healing people. And he comes across a man who was demon-possessed. He was crazy. Everybody was frightened with this man because he couldn't control his body. Well, he comes to Jesus with all of these demons inside of him. And Jesus throws the demons out of him. And he now is a sane, normal kind of person. And what he does at that point is he wants to follow Jesus. Like, you've changed me, and I am whole now and sane. I have a clear mind. I don't have these demons inside of me. I want to follow you. I want to be one of your disciples. And here's how Jesus responds to that. This is Mark chapter 5, verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him, But Jesus said, no. Jesus becomes a little intransigent here, like, no, you cannot do this. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. That word merciful there has the idea of compassion or pity. And so what Jesus is saying is, I want you to stay here. I want you to go back to your town and let everybody know how much pity I have had on you and all this compassion that I've extended to you. Here's the result. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. I think it is so noteworthy that the man stays in that area that was home to him. Because in my mind, I think it would be great for this man to travel with Jesus. Like, Jesus, I I have a plan here. Here's what we can do. I was demon-possessed, and I can get up and share that story in front of all these crowds and let them know, here's what Jesus did for me. I am normal now. I am clean. I am whole. No more demons and Jesus is the one who did this for me, and he's going to come out and talk to you. You need to listen to everything that he has to say because he has the ability to change you like what he changed me. Like, that could work. But Jesus said, no. I don't want you to travel with me. I want you to be on mission where you live. I want you to be a bright light and to make a difference right here. And so, who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is someone who chooses to use me to introduce him to others. With all of my wins and all of my losses, with my successes as well as my failures, Jesus chooses to use me to introduce him to others. I love that you tell us at Valley Point over and over again to be on mission right where we are. Yeah, it it really makes a difference, and and you see it in these stories. And so at school, at home, wherever we work, that's our mission, and that's where God wants us to be a bright light. 
I think sometimes we consider that to be boring. Like, you know, I'd rather go way over there. That sounds a little more attractive. But I think the great thing that God wants us to do in terms of reaching others is often right in front of us, in our home, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our communities. And so who is Jesus? Well, he is someone who invites us and he chooses to use us to introduce him to other people. And that's really a remarkable thing. All right, Tanya, who is Jesus? What's your story? I think we see a picture of Jesus ministering to people in Luke chapter 8. Um, there's a man named Jairus who has a daughter that's 12 years old, and his daughter is dying. And Jairus comes to Jesus, and he says, please come with me. I need you to come and heal my daughter. Well, at this time, there were crowds around Jesus. There were a lot of people who wanted to be close to him and were following him. And so as Jesus is walking to Jairus' house, there's people just crowding around him. And as he's walking, he stops and says, someone touched me. And one of his disciples, Peter, says, well, yeah, somebody touched you. We're surrounded by this crowd. Uh, there could have been a lot of people that touched Jesus. But Jesus stops and says, no, someone deliberately touched me. And there's silence, and nobody comes forward right away. And then the woman in the crowd who had touched Jesus realizes that she's going to have to admit that she had touched Jesus because Jesus knows. And so she falls at Jesus' feet, trembling, and admits that she had touched him. And uh, she touched Jesus, just the fringe of his robe, the Bible says, because she had been bleeding for 12 years. And she had gone to doctors. She had spent all of her money to try to be well, and nothing worked. And in her mind, she thought, if I could just touch Jesus, then I will be healed. And that's what she did. She touches him. And you've got a verse that describes a little bit of her response there. It says in uh, Luke 8, 48, Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Yeah, this is a fascinating story because there's so much background to what she's experiencing and feeling. And um, you've done some research on that. So she was a very isolated individual, really cut off. So describe a little bit of that for us. Well, because of this time in history, she was living under the law of Moses. And the law of Moses said that if you were bleeding, you were unclean. And if you were unclean, you could not be around people. You could not actually be touched. And you could not go to the tabernacle to worship God. So not only was she suffering physically, she was also suffering emotionally. And she was suffering spiritually because she was so isolated. Yeah, and then she meets Jesus, touches him. He senses healing power, goes out from him, and then everything changes for her. So based on your story, who is Jesus? Jesus is someone who knows me. Yeah, he knows and sees me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to review these three thoughts, these three statements about who is Jesus, he is a friend of sinners, and he is someone who intentionally chooses to use me to introduce him to others, 
And Jesus is someone who knows me. He sees me, everything about me. And I love these three statements. And I hope they kind of settle into your mind and into your heart a bit here. Because this is very good news for each and every one of us. It really is. And so no matter who you are and what you've walked in the door with today, you can know this about Jesus as we try to describe him and think about who he is and some of his characteristics. You can know Jesus is a friend of sinners. And even as we've read in Matthew, he's a friend of people who are really good at sinning as well. And so if that's you, if that's how you would describe yourself, know that Jesus is your friend. And Jesus is also someone who purposely chooses to use me to introduce others to him. And he wants me to be on mission right where I live and work and play and function, that there are people right there who need me to be a bright light. And then Jesus is someone who knows me. And in spite of what he knows and sees, he loves us deeply, and that's why he came And this is just a small, small, small description of who Jesus is and what he is like. In the weeks to come, as we move through other parts of the story and really begin to investigate his life, we're going to discover that Jesus was more than a good guy. He was more than an interesting character. Because quite honestly, there's a lot of good people in the world. There are. And there are a lot of interesting characters. But Jesus goes way beyond just being another good person or another interesting character. He made the claim to be the Son of God. And it wasn't a claim he just made. It was a claim that he lived out and backed up with his death and his resurrection. He is truly an extraordinary person. So I think the question becomes for us... What do you do with that kind of person? What do you do with someone who makes some outrageous, provocative claims and then actually backs it up? I think there's probably only two responses. One is you can kind of dismiss all of that and maybe hope that it isn't true or maybe it's just some kind of fable and not historically accurate. So you can kind of dismiss it. That certainly is one response. Or you can trust in all of that work without adding anything to it and follow this rabbi, this teacher, this Messiah and line up your life directly behind him and follow everything that he says. And so this is the choice that's in front of us. What do you do with an individual who says this stuff, who is a friend of sinners, who uses us to introduce others to him, and who knows us deeply. You either have to dismiss it, or you've got to claim that as truth and line up behind that. And I want you to consider this. The life of Jesus is more than an abstract subject to debate. It really is, although we can debate it. That can happen. But his life is more than a debate. The life of Jesus as you walk through the corpus of Scripture and you look at all of the Old Testament passages that point to who he was, and then you get into the New Testament and you see the incarnation, his 
arrival, his advent, and you watch what he did, and you listen to what he said, his life is actually this. It is an invitation. So it's more than something to debate. It is an invitation. And Jesus constantly invites us, look at me, investigate me, question me, consider what I have done, follow me. The life of Jesus is an invitation. And who is he? Well, he's a friend of sinners. And he is someone who chooses to use me to invite others to him. And Jesus is someone who knows me and sees me. And all of this should be very encouraging for everybody here. So what about my story? What about our story? How do we apply this and use this in our lives today? Well, I have three thoughts and some homework for you. First of all, you've got to answer the question, what do I think or believe about Jesus? And I really want you to wrestle with this today. Wrestle with that question, what do I think or believe about Jesus? And I think, too, why? Why do I think that? Why do I believe that? And what would it take to change how I think about Jesus? Yeah, I often like to throw out the phrase of the question, what is keeping you from trusting in Jesus alone? Because if that's a step that someone hasn't taken, there's, there's a reason, there's something that's keeping you from doing that. And so your homework answer this question, what do I think or believe about Jesus and why and what maybe is keeping me from trusting in him alone without adding anything to that at all. So that's the first bit of homework. The second one is, I want you to read the Monday through the Friday scripture reading plan that is in your program on your notes there. All of the scripture there is based on the stories that we have shared. So you'll get the chance to read about Jesus loving people who are really good at sinning and the story of Matthew and how Jesus reached out to him and his sinful friends. You'll get the chance to read the story about the, uh, the woman at the well as well as the demonic that was healed in Mark chapter 5. And then the story of the woman who had the bleeding issue and how Jesus healed not just the physical part of her body but what was happening emotionally there because she was so isolated and cut off. So I would encourage you to dig into that and continue to think about these stories and how they very accurately describe who Jesus is for us. And then thirdly, here's what I want you to do, and this is maybe a bit harder, and that is take a risk and share one thought with someone about your faith. And I know that can be daunting, but as you move through your week, I really want you to consider taking one risk and share a thought with someone about your faith. I think that we can do that just in everyday life. Uh, Students at school or parents when you're at a school, um, at games, just share something about Jesus. Share something about your life, what God has done for you. Um, Our own personal story is something that people want to hear. Yeah, and I think sometimes we complicate it a little bit. We think about taking a risk, and sometimes those risks are actually right in front of us, and if we would open our eyes a little bit, we might be able to see them. And I know 
you shared a story with us about how you're trying to get a little more intentional about doing this. So share that story. Yeah, well, like Tanya said, you hear so much at Valley Point to be on mission where you are. Mm. So I set a little task for myself. Um, and whenever I go to Target, I picked three ladies, and I always get in their line to check out. Mm. I'll, no matter how long it is or who... Uh, is in line in front of me, even if it's Tanya with a cart overflowing with groceries, (laughs) I will stand and wait so that I can talk to them, so that I can get to know them and speak encouragement into their life. And hopefully then when I invite them, it'll carry some weight because I have intentionally tried to create a relationship with them, um, you know, even while buying diapers. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the moral of the story is don't get behind Sherry in line at Target because <laughs> you might be there for a while as she has these conversations. Uh, it's interesting because just this past week we were out to eat with some friends and they're from Valley Point and so part of our conversation while we were out is about stuff that's happening here. And I, in restaurants, I try not to be loud and obnoxious. You know, just we're here to eat and talk and have a good time. Well, our waitress overheard that conversation, and so she came back and said, you're talking about church. Can you tell me a little bit about your church? And it was great because our friends, who are newer to Valley Point, actually jumped all over that, and I didn't even say anything. They just picked right up with Valley Point and what it's like and what she would experience if she were to come, and so... We're really hoping and praying that she'll soon arrive here at Valley Point and be welcomed by all of you and really begin, if she hasn't trusted in Christ, a faith journey that will take her to amazing places, or at least if she has trusted Christ, to strengthen the relationship that she has. And so I think when we talk about taking a risk, it's not always about doing something terribly dramatic. Sometimes it's about what is right in front of me and who is there that needs me to be perhaps a little more verbal about my faith and about my trust in Christ and what he has done for me. And don't dismiss the power of an invitation. You you come and see. I, I might not be able to share the whole story, but come and see, experience Valley Point or experience my small group or experience a men's meeting or a real ladies event and just get a glimpse of what God can potentially do in your heart and in your life. So here's your homework. This is what you got to do. Are you ready? You got a week of assignments now. Answer the question, what do I think and believe about Jesus and why do I believe that? And then read the Monday through Friday scripture reading plan that is in your program there. And then please take a risk this week and share one thought about your faith with someone and look for those natural opportunities at work, at home, at school, at Target, wherever you may be. Look for those things and don't be afraid to step through those doors. Know that God will honor you as you seek to do that. So I'm excited about the next couple of weeks as we continue to think through Who is Jesus? Who is this man? He is not an ordinary person. He was really the Son of God, and he has something to say to us today, and we're going to continue unpacking this as we move our way through the story. Will you pray with me? Father, we're grateful for our time today. 
just to consider these questions. Who is Jesus? And God, I believe it is very important that we answer that question because Jesus is the central figure in history. No one did the things that he did and no one said the things that he said and it was all more than talk. He backed up all of his claims. And as we talked about last week, everything about Jesus rests on the resurrection because he's the one who said it was going to happen, and it happened. That empty tomb is the ultimate proof that Jesus is who he claimed to be, and so his life is more than an abstract subject to debate. His life is an invitation, and God, for a few weeks here, as we move through the New Testament part of the story, in a chronological kind of way, as we really just think about who Jesus is and what he did, help our minds to be open and our hearts to be soft to what it is that you want to say to us about the person of Jesus. God, would you help us to answer that question? Who is he? What do I believe about him? God, also help us to engage in scripture, to read these different stories that we talked about this week and just have those words jump off the page and into our hearts and into our minds. And God, I pray that you'd also help us to take appropriate risks throughout the week to share our faith with other people. And God, help us not to overthink it or to overcomplicate it. Help us to look for those natural opportunities at home, at school, at work, and everywhere that you take us to risk a little bit and speak of what you have done for us. God, bless us as we look into the life of your beloved son, Jesus. It's in his name that we do pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.